0: Welcome to our last Tuesday of the month book discussion. Just a couple of librarians talking about books we think others might enjoy. August's read is West with Giraffes by Linda Rutledge. Spoiler alert, we usually end up discussing endings and key plot points. I'm Amy, and joining me today is Sue, Reader's Advisory and Collection Strategies Manager. Welcome. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Great, it is a wonderful August day. I've been enjoying the summer a whole lot. How about you? Good. It's been an interesting summer, but it's Friday, so I'm happy it's Friday. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I know this book takes place in September, October, Mm -hmm. I felt like, but it seemed like a good summer read too. It felt kind of light and fun and and adventure-like.
1: I really enjoyed
0: that. Yes. This was a book that
1: I've been wanting to read for a long time. So When I had the opportunity to do this podcast, I was like, sweet, now I have my reason to read it. Yeah. I liked it so much that I actually bought enough copies for our library to have a book club kit for it.
0: Awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I think this would be a really good book club Mm -hmm. book for a lot of reasons. Those who aren't in the know yet, maybe, this is a fictional account based on true events. It takes place in the fall of 1938 during the Great Depression, and we're following the travels of two African giraffes from the coast of New Jersey to the San Diego Zoo, through cities, towns, and even, you know, the Dust Bowl region. And the fact that it's based on true events amazed me when I found that out. I mean, it probably shouldn't amaze me, but it was just a very fascinating time and adventure to read about. Also, the fact that it's based on these true events,
1: it almost didn't surprise me because I'm like, well, of course they did this kind of stuff in the early 1900s. Of course they did this because they did so many things that you look back at now and you're just amazed that people without the technology we have now, the things that they accomplished and the things that they built. So it's kind of like, well, yeah, of course they did. But I think it's pretty amazing. I was trying to picture this truck that they were in and I kept thinking, Okay, how would that look? Is it a big pickup truck? I mean, how big is it? Yeah, I just thought, what would I think if I saw this driving down the road and just saw these two giraffes sticking out of the top? It had to have been really
0: amazing to see. (laughs) Yes, I would have loved that personally. I tracked down a couple of pictures. There was an article or something that I found some original photos of the actual giraffes in their little boxes. And it was different than what I kind of pictured based on the book and the description. But it was really interesting to see how they kind of hand built this specialized crate for these animals. And I'm just picturing these guys going through mountains, like down a steep hill and then almost falling off. And I'm like, oh my gosh.
1: Because the roads back then were, I mean, some people would say the roads right now are pretty bad, but the roads back then, so many of them didn't exist. And if they did exist, they were in such poor condition because there wasn't much there. So I kept thinking about that as they were driving and how they got across the country with these roads that were in such bad shape and barely existed and going through the mountains and all of that. I was a little anxious with the whole mountain situation. (laughs) I was really anxious about that. The fact that Woody lied You know, Woody was the driver and he's 17 years old going on 18. He's like, oh, yeah, I can drive. No problem. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, this kid's driving this truck with these giraffes. He doesn't know what he's doing. And it's a stick shift trying to manage all of that and go up and down these mountains. I mean, it's a testament to his character that he really was a strong person internally, you know, he didn't think much of himself, but he really was an amazingly strong person to be able to do that and be scared and just
0: do it anyway, because he really had nothing to lose. Absolutely. I think in the beginning you get the idea, at least because it's told from his perspective that him and the older gentleman that he's with are very different in like their maybe abilities and personality but because he seems to kind of like look up to him and see him as like an intimidating person in power at least more so than he is but by the end of it you're like wow you had a lot in common (laughs) yes they did
1: they really did and really woody kind of was the old man at the end he was that man. But yeah, the old man was an interesting character because you really didn't get much about him through the whole story about what kind of person he was or how he got to where he was. And at the end, when they're talking about him, and Woody's like, Oh, well, you know, he finally told me this. And the guy is like, Oh, that's not true. He made all that up. Which <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. It's like he lied, and Woody was so afraid of lying to him and the guy just fed him a line of crap the whole time it was pretty brilliant
0: (laughs) it was and it really played with that whole idea of like not being able to trust our narrators and like what stories are true and what stories don't need to be true maybe even to be a good story and to create connection between people and like to build relationships and This is not advocating for going out and telling (laughs) both lives, but (laughs) like just the power of stories, I think, is something that it spoke Mm -hmm. to as well. Yes. And just their interactions. Oh, my gosh. The interactions with him as an old man, as he's looking back and writing out his story with this giraffe that's Mm -hmm. not corporeal and his relationships with the people who cared for him okay so speaking of i have to know do you think the redheaded caretaker was her daughter or was it just a redheaded caretaker that was taking care of him at the home yeah his favorite
1: caretaker was a redhead I don't think it was her daughter. I think it was just a redhead because he talks about how he'd been married multiple times and he always married a redhead. So I think he was always drawn to redheads because he never really got to say goodbye to her. Yeah. Because of that snafu at the end where, you know, he's just going to go get on the train and meet her there. And then he ends up getting shipped out as part of the armed forces and he never gets to go back. So I think he's partial to redheads. Yeah. (laughs) So he always connects with them.
0: Yeah. And now, after I say that, I do, I think, remember him somehow tracking her down and sending her the letter. So it wouldn't have been her. I do remember that now. It's been yeah, a while. Yeah. But that always kind of made me, in the beginning, when we were just first learning about her and his kind of connection with her and whatnot, that's when I started thinking, hey, that would be really weird if that ended up mm-hmm. being her daughter or something, some relative. And he definitely reminded me of some people I know in those moments too. <laughs> in those little honorary <laughs> moments that, <laughs> yes. where he's yes. like refusing to go eat and so dedicated to getting the story out and to tell her daughter how much life she lived that she probably yes. doesn't know about. As I
1: was reading the first part of it, and I just kind of reread the first part really quickly this morning because I'd started it so long ago. I just finished it Thursday morning, but I kind of was taking my time and getting distracted and stuff. So I couldn't quite remember the beginning. So I read the beginning again. I was like, okay, it starts out with him doing this. And at first, I'm like, okay, he just wants to write this story down because he thinks it's a great story to tell. But by the time I got to the end and he was so close to being done... That's when I realized why it was so important for him to write the story because he was the only one left to tell the story and he didn't want that story lost and that we're all made up of stories. And it was a little distressing to think, okay, it's 2025 and giraffes are gone. (laughs) I kept going, wait a minute. No, they're not. (laughs) I mean, that whole thing about endangered animals and all of that was an interesting part of the story as well. And realizing that it's just a couple of years away that the story takes place. It was more impactful towards the end as I was reading him frantically trying to finish because he knew he was dying. I mean, he's 105 after all. And going back to that beginning after I'd read the end kind of made me go, okay, now I understand, kind of helped me connect to his urgency a little bit more. And I found the ending very poignant, (laughs) kind of like, I have to put this down and cry for a while, (laughs) which surprised me. But whenever I read a book about a journey, even if it's only a week or 12 days or whatever, by the time we get to the end of the journey, I always am a little emotional because I have to say goodbye to those characters. So I was definitely like that at the end of this book. It kind of surprised me because I was trying to put together my thoughts on the whole book and these characters and did I like them and did they make any sense to me? And so it kind of caught me off guard when, when it was at the end and they got to the zoo and I was like, oh no, he's leaving. It surprised me <laughs> that I was emotional, <laughs> but that's good. That's to me, that's a sign of a good book.
0: Yeah. It was amazing that by the end, we get to that kind of initial ending where they arrive at the zoo, they're offloading the giraffes and he takes off. And I'm like, okay, so we're pretty much at the end now. I wasn't really paying attention to where I was actually at in the book. And then it just kind of kept going. And I was like, this is right for this book. Like, I'm so glad that Mm -hmm. that didn't end there. And like, it continued on to show him you know, going back after the war is over or he's discharged. I can't remember which it was and visiting the giraffes every day Mm -hmm. and then him outliving both of the giraffes and all of their children apparently. And it was so sad because he's so identified with the animals and that's like how he didn't feel alone essentially in the world. And then at the end, he's really (coughs) alone. And as I read
1: the end where he talked about coming back from the war and going back and trying to find red and all of that discovery, I don't want to spoil everything, but that whole discovery and stuff, and then kind of how the rest of his life was where he didn't have any children and that he had multiple marriages. And I felt like he kind of had this sad life. And I was hoping that he would have a happier life and he didn't have a horrible life. But, you know, those giraffes were like the only thing that felt like family to him. Mm -hmm. And that kind of broke my heart a little bit (laughs) that he'd started off in such a deep hole and made these connections with these giraffes and with these people for this short span of time. And it changed his life. But then usually when people's lives are impacted that much by something, it completely changes their life and they go on to do different things. And he really didn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know if that was because of just who he was or the circumstances or the time, you know, in America. And I don't know, but I was a little disappointed in how his life turned out. I was hoping for more.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that was also just a choice of the author based on conclusions. Maybe she drew from experiences of a lot of returning veterans during that time, all the struggles they faced returning after the war. And not wanting it to seem too unrealistic because it is based in real events. That was my only thought about the reasoning behind, yeah, him not kind of making a change in his life and circumstances.
1: Maybe he's just the kind of character that that was unrealistic. Maybe for me to even think that that might happen because he was just a simple farm boy, really. He had a terrible father. His father was a jerk. He was traumatized you know, very early in life. And when you think about just the fact that he got out of there and survived and went on to live to 105, I mean, that is a success story, I guess, right there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And as I was reading this with all the just little points of drama that happened throughout the book, I was starting to think, okay, is there going to be some like fantasy element here? But it did. I think it just helped move the pace of the story along and kind of sussed out the characters more. But it was really fast read. I loved all of that because there are sometimes where you take these journeys with characters and it doesn't read that way. I don't know. It just felt like it was one of those cross genre novels that really worked well, I think.
1: Yeah, it was a good book. I'm so glad that I read it. You know, like I said, it was one of those books that I've been wanting to read for a while and I kept putting it off just because, and so this was the right moment for me to read it. (laughs) And it is one of those books that, you know, you read it and you're like, oh, it was a good story and I really enjoyed it. But then you continue to think about those characters for quite some time afterwards, particularly Woody and really read even to some point. I was really hopeful for her again to have some kind of amazing like after story and you kind of had some foreshadowing but I guess I just keep hoping that oh no it's going to turn out in a different way and
0: I don't know why I keep
1: thinking that but it's like come on be realistic
0: (laughs) well I mean we see that in the book too though right there's a saying that when they're crossing the Dust Bowl, our main character, Woody, he's talking to these old guys like at the gas stations or wherever they're stopping. And they're saying something about, oh, I feel rain coming soon or something like that. And every time I hear that, I know it's just going to get worse. And this Mm -hmm. book seems Mm -hmm. to be a little bit like that. (laughs) It keeps setting us up like we want a happy ending so bad, just like these people who were living there in that region in time Mm -hmm. were just desperate for something it wasn't coming.
1: I guess the happy ending was that the giraffes did get to the zoo. You know, those poor giraffes taken from their home, brought across the ocean, survived the worst hurricane up until, you know, what was the hurricane that was worse (laughs) that just happened in New Jersey? I can't remember what the hurricane was, but the one in 1938 was so bad. Yeah, And the fact that they were still on the boat, weren't they? When the hurricane hit. And the fact that these giraffes survived that And then survived this trip across this country in all sorts of weird weather conditions. And I was thinking about every time they would stop at night and they would park by some trees so the giraffes could eat. I'm like, these poor giraffes are surviving on onions and just random trees. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Onions, trees, and I think hay maybe. is. I think they mentioned that. And buckets of water. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I just thought, my God, the fact that the giraffe survived that entire trip is just astounding. It really is. It goes to show you how strong they are and they look really strong and they can really hurt people and they can kill people with their kicks and stuff, but they're also so gentle, which was demonstrated time and time again. And the whole humming thing I thought was really fascinating too. They think that's how they communicate that they do this weird hum, but The giraffes themselves were interesting characters and I loved how they interacted with Woody and red and the old man and their diet was rather. (laughs) You got to think
0: about the random trees that they're eating too, that they've probably never had in their life before that point. So like, what's that doing to your body right now? Babies. Oh yeah.
1: They never addressed how they took care of like keeping what they were in clean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah what, write to write out the what happened?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah as an animal lover i definitely identified with all of those pieces and yeah like you said the amazing personalities that they had it was very well done all of it yes. i don't remember how i came across this but actually i do i think i came across it because the narrator for the audiobook was the same for another book I had read. And I just happened Ah. to like look it up on Audible Mm -hmm. one day because I was like, oh, I really like this narrator. I wonder if they've done anything else. And I think that's how I found them. But I can't sing this book's praises enough. I rarely like a lot of historical fiction and this was fantastic.
1: What I like about it is that it was such a very different story. I loved the time that it took place in 1938 and Hitler's looming and... You know, people, they're kind of aware, but for the most part, unaware of what's going on. I loved that. I loved the journey of it. I loved that it was about giraffes and I discovered the book at work because I think I ordered a copy for the library and I was like, oh, that looks like an interesting book. I should probably read it sometime. And I went to put it on hold and there were a lot of people in the holds list. So I ordered a couple of extra copies and it's just been floating out there for a while. And so I finally was like, I'm just going to buy my own copy so I can read it sometime. And I finally bought it and finally read it. So that's how I discovered it. And I think it's one of those books that's quietly popular. It's definitely a
0: word of mouth book. Because I noticed that same thing when I picked it for our book club. I was like, you know, it's indie published. That's great. I love that. I think we should be able to get copies. This was published in like 2019 or something. It shouldn't be too Mm -hmm. hard to find some copies of it. But we tried to do an interlibrary loan for some copies mm-hmm. and they had such long wait lists for this book that we were like, we're yeah. not gonna get enough copies in time for book club. We're just gonna have to buy multiples. Yeah. I was surprised. I think people are
1: connecting with it because there's so much out now that I think people are looking for a feel-good book and they're looking to read maybe historical fiction of I don't wanna say a simpler time because it really wasn't a simpler time. It was Pretty complex time, and people were really going through a lot. But I think the nostalgia of it is very appealing to people as well. And it really is a completely different book from anything that I've read all year. I think that all those factors are appealing, and the fact that it's a journey novel I mean, you've got your definite bad guys <laughs> and your definite good guys
0: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Those circus people.
1: Oh, I know. I was like, please, Woody, please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Yeah. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) But you understood why he made his choices. You understood why you couldn't Mm -hmm. blame him. And I had to keep
0: saying to myself, he's 18 years old. He's 18 years old. Knowing what we know about his background and whatnot, and yes, his age and all these factors definitely Mm -hmm. combine to make a character that makes sense at the end. Mm -hmm. You're like, yes, okay, I could see that person in my community. Like, that's a full person there.
1: Oh, yeah. Were you surprised when he finally confessed about why he left home? Because I kind of feel like the reader was set up to believe that he did something absolutely horrible and that the police were after him. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think that was just in his mind, he thought the police were after him, but they really weren't.
0: Yeah. When that scene plays out because he's telling it, I was really shocked. I didn't see that that was going to be the full scope of what had happened. Yeah. But I mean, I can also understand that because, I mean, he was how old when he left home? 15, 16? He hadn't been gone super long time, I don't think. I think he was 16, maybe going on 17. Okay.
1: Yeah, because he left home and kind of hiked his way across from Texas to New Jersey to work for his third cousin or whatever. It only happened like the year before.
0: Yeah, okay. But even then, like that experience would have been terrifying, as Mm -hmm. you said, traumatizing. And so I can see how that When you're sitting alone with something like that, how that could grow in your mind and create, Mm -hmm. you know, some issues that you've developed as a part of the story you tell yourself and how that may not be true. Because there definitely wasn't anybody out looking for him in Texas. Nobody was looking for him anywhere. No. (laughs) (laughs) Poor kid. (laughs) I know. And then he doesn't even really escape anything just with all the hardship that he continues to go through as he's serving in the military. Yeah. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Give him a little more trauma to deal with. It makes sense after hearing <clears throat> that, that that is something that people had to do, but I never, yeah, I never thought, thought about that. No.
1: Yeah. I was like, okay, I could probably dig a little bit deeper into my thought process about what he ended up doing in the army versus his early life and what he had to do for his family. And I was just like, no, I'm
0: not going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to spend too much time in that headspace, but yes. <laughs> warning for readers that there's quite a bit of death and whatnot mm-hmm. depicted in this book. So mm-hmm. yeah, just be aware. I don't know. This is probably like you said, a book I'll continue to think about and talk about and something I will continue to recommend to people because. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those gems. And I'm really yes. sad that Amazon has its hooks in the ebook and e-audio version. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Amazon published it. Yeah. I think it's Lake Union Publishing. So oh, that's Amazon. It? I didn't know that the print copy was also Amazon. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know.
1: Well, if they're smart, they'll make a little movie on this because I think it would make a really fabulous movie yeah i don't go to movie theaters i would probably go to a movie theater
0: to watch this
1: even if it's on amazon or oh yeah Met, prime or, or something. whatever i think it would make a really cool movie it would be wonderful this is one of the type of book that i love to kind of discover and then tell everybody about because these are the books that fly under the radar and there's a group of people who know and love the books and they tell people about them but it's kind of nice to join that group and go, okay, now I got to do my part and tell everybody about this book because it doesn't get the press and it's not on a bestseller list and it's not featured anywhere in like bookstores and you don't really see much about the author anywhere. But this is one of those like hidden gems that this is the work that I love to do as a reader and a librarian. These are the type of books that I like to say, oh, but wait, you need to
0: read this. <laughs> <laughs> so with that audience, you need to tell your friends about this book. Or if you haven't read it yet, you need to read it and then tell all your friends about yeah. this book because oh, yeah. help us spread the word. But thank you for joining us, folks. And if you enjoyed West with Giraffes and folks are looking for more books to add to your reading list, I would recommend Into Africa by Carrie McDonald. If you're looking for a little bit more of those cuddly, furry animals in your life, but also just like a good story. That's my recommendation for this month. I will be back in September with Stacy from Urbandale Public Library to discuss The Butterfly Effect by Rachel Manns McKinney. And I hope you'll join us again soon. And thanks again, Sue, for joining me today. Oh, you are welcome. I thoroughly enjoyed the discussion and the book.